Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 15, the show where we answer all of your life's kinky questions. That, I did not do that correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 15, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I am your co-host, Danny Gray. Welcome back to the show, Daddy. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I am... I promise you everyone is very excited to hear your <laughs> I don't want to say sultry because I feel like that has a weird connotation your velveteen low comforting suede voice oh well I'm glad that I can provide that to all of your listeners <laughs> how have you been through all of this Madness. I mean, I know how you are because we live together, effectively. But well, fine. All facts considered, you know, I think um, these are trying times for everyone right now. And you know, I whatever helps you kind of get through the day. Um, give yourself grace. Be kind to yourself because that's all that you can do right now. Um, and I'm trying to keep that in mind for myself as well. So. Mm-hmm. And that's good. And that's good because I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that because my brain just farted out. You're the cutest. I tried. <laughs> okay, now I think I should leave that in because <laughs> that was cute. Okay, so and obviously you know what I've been up to, but the listeners don't know. Um, I've been working, plugging away at Final Fantasy. I just got seven, not the remake. But seven for PC, and that's been a lot of fun because I haven't played that in a very long time. So that's been fun. And then you just got nine for PS One, which, in my opinion, is one of the greatest Final Fantasies, and I think it is horrendously underrated. So I'm very excited to play through that again. It's one of the ones that people often forget exists, kind of like four or five <laughs> or thirteen, the one we wish we could forget. <laughs> So we have a show to do, and before we get into it, we have Patreon shoutouts. <clears throat> so Princess Sarah writes, in our $10 Sinner tier, which gets you free, no, actually not free, monthly lewds, nudes, I am doing so well this episode, I'm feeling really good after my first Mike's Hard, let me tell you that. <laughs> I did try to warn you. <laughs> you know... I've drank on the show before, and it was never an issue, but today, it's an issue. It's because you didn't have any base. I just ate so much pizza. You have to eat the base before you start drinking. Uh, that's true. So Princess Sarah is a member of our $10 Sinner tier, which gets you monthly nudes delivered via Discord, and a one-sentence shout-out on every week's show. And she writes, Sarah adores the soggy Princess Jazzy. And she has a second one saved up because she missed last week. And I am going to give that to Daddy because I have no idea what to say. 
Well, I also adore the soggy princess Jazzy. And maybe this is a good time to insert that a little baby wet the no. bed no. the other no. night. And it was so cute because there was a big uh, foot-long puddle on your bed. Wasn't that right, princess? Yes, daddy. So there you go. I heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Our other $10 center tier is none other than Daddy Gray, which means that you get to say another for better or for worse. Oh, uh, I, I wanted you to talk about the uh, the slime diapers. Okay, but remember, it has to be one sentence. Oh. Okay, well, say something about slime diapers. Uh... <laughs> I have this, I, okay. I have a secondary tier kink for slime, comma, and I really want to fill up a diaper to the bursting point with slime and play on speckles with it, period. There, that's one sentence. Look at you, you did so well. Daddy, stop. What a smart baby. Daddy. You even knew where to put the comma. Oh my god, I don't want a comma splice on my show, because I'm a smart girl who doesn't comma splice. <laughs> okay our kingster tier patron which is our five dollar tier is phil 258 thank you very much for everyone's patronage uh you are helping the continuing production of the show and makes it a lot more fun to produce so thank you so much um the ruka fundraiser is still going on the total is at 765 dollars between the gofundme and private donations uh if you feel so inclined in these trying times, uh, you can find the donation link on at oddswithgod.com. It should be in the link section down at the bottom of the page. Uh, without further ado, we have questions to get into. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> I forgot I, I was reading the questions. I like the dramatic <laughs> pause. <laughs> All right. Our first question reads, Dear Jazzy, in terms of age play... What sort of dynamics and roles have you both explored to get to where you are now? From Cuddle Puddles, she, her pronouns. So, in terms of age play, I've, before Daddy, I was in two relationships in which age play was part of it. The first one doesn't necessarily count i would say because like one time we held hands ooh, saucy but um my last relationship um it was a cgl dynamic a very healthy on un- <laughs> a very unhealthy cgl dynamic as many of you know but um i have really 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 rarely ever been in the caregiver position and anytime i am it's see i'm a service sub in in which um i enjoy making other people happy and doing things so if i see being a caregiver as an act of service i'm able to give that to like one of my friends like i'm occasionally rarely like ruka's big sister that sort of thing um what about you? As I'm like thinking more on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have uh, only one other relationship prior to ours um, with a significant other. And um, 
they were more if i had to i mean this is you know when, when i was in high school and i know that there are many like problematic things with that yeah. but you know when you're... that's why i didn't count my first relationship because <laughs> i was a freshman and he was a senior right which that you know i have thoughts on that too but... yeah, oh i do too <laughs> yeah but you know it extended into our adulthood so i feel like that counts because mm-hmm. we dated for a number of years um and so they um if i had to classify like their age uh regression it was probably somewhere in like the middle oh, range cute. Um, cute. yeah you know um and so and it wasn't anything i think that was super like saucy like it, it definitely wasn't like a saucy situation um and i wouldn't even say it was very like formal because this was before um that information was available to me i didn't mm-hmm. really no. This is before the ABDL and CGL communities like exploded. Right, right. So it was just more of like a natural progression of things. And I I know I don't know that I've talked about it on the show, but you and I have had many conversations about kind of my natural position is um kind of a caretaker. And there are many reasons why that is, but I think that's just kind of my organic space that I take up as a mm-hmm. as a friend and as a person. And so I think that's natural to me. But what that, how that manifests in terms of my relationships, um, sometimes can hold a lot of those dynamics. Anyway, mm-hmm. this is not related, but looking at you like lounging on the couch, like that position makes your biceps look amazing. Oh, thank you. And uh, sorry, I got a bit distracted there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Cloud Puddles. Um, next question is also from Cloud Puddles. Yes, indeed, and it reads. Dear Jazzy, also, have either of you experienced any sort of drama, in quotes, by not being the, quote, typical, unquote, type to be into ABDL for not being what is the standard idea of a, quote, unquote, fab is? So I feel like we can really expand upon this. We should definitely talk about ABDL in specific first, but we can extrapolate this into a ton of the various communities that you and I are a part of. Mm-hmm. So for ABDL, um, there's definitely a, how the media portrays it is very, I, I almost want to use a word in the vein of like cis normative, heteronormative. There's definitely like a normative narrative that um, the media spins in that ABDL is daddy dumb little girl. That's mm-hmm. the one that gets the most press, although the community of ABDL and CGL itself is predominantly male-identifying. Mm-hmm. Um, so already being in the ABDL community as a girl has its own challenges, you know, it being a bit of a boy club at times. Um, and obviously there are a lot more uh, female-identifying people in- coming into the community now, which is really, really cool, <clears throat> because it was almost never like that before um in the before times but um so being a girl first and foremost in the community is odd um it's rare but there are certainly some times where there's a little bit of transphobia in the community Mm -hmm. it obviously it's very very rare but still happens but another thing is like i follow a lot of um i follow a lot of alternative uh littles on my instagram and on my twitter who have like tattoos and gauges and facial piercings and all kind of like super hot stuff that we're both into Mm -hmm. and 
inevitably there's always at least one comment that's like littles don't have gauges littles don't have lip rings littles don't have tattoos and it's just like fuck you we can do whatever the fuck we want but there's definitely like that's definitely outside of the quote typical uh archetype of abdl is being any sort of like alternative when as we know the larger king community is predominantly alternative Mm-hmm. in a way um and speaking to the larger like kink community and the larger bdsm community that we're also a part of it's also not quote typical to be into abdl and lars and i talked about this on one of the recent shows about how um when littles walk into a dungeon sometimes you can get some hairy eyeballs from the old guard they're like what the fuck is this diaper shit they're not they're not bleeding. They're not getting hit. They're not doing suspension. What are they doing in our club? Mm-hmm. And then obviously a lot of the younger people coming into BDSM, their entry point is ABDL or CGL, which is a really cool thing. But, you know, I, I'm going to give you the talking stick. I feel like I beat <laughs> this to death. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and you and I had um, a pretty extensive conversation one evening, I think, about um some something related to this um not this quite exact subject but kind of in the same vein like talking about um you know if you're not quite fitting into the box right like as a yeah right if you're not fitting into the (laughs) box um you know like i think about myself and you know as as a man um a man a man uh you know there are certain you know, because it does, you know, fall in line with the gender role, right? Like this absolutely. is it absolutely does, and you know, if, if as a as a daddy dom, right there, it's like an expectation of how I um, am to like show up and present and behave um, in a space in relation to you as my little girl, right? And mm-hmm. and there are expectations for you in terms of how you are supposed to show up and you know, behave and react in spaces in response to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, that go beyond like the uh dynamic right mm-hmm. but it's it's literally like oh well if you aren't in like fl- like flowery lacy stuff like, like skirts and dresses and pastel pink and like right. stuff you'd wear to easter sunday right then, then you're not dressing appropriately to be a baby girl right exactly and then likewise if i'm not you know wearing a suit or like some flavor of like like quote manwear, like Victorian standard right, men's fashion, right? Like it, 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 it can be read some kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you knowing me, um, you know that I am, uh, non-binary, mm-hmm. um, but present very masculinely, right? Right. Um, and so what that can look like sometimes for me is like nail polish or makeup, or you know, sometimes I like to play around with my expression. And mm-hmm. have it be more androgynous or feminine, which can sometimes be really like wonky in those spaces because people are like, "Well, I don't really know what to." <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> right. Like, clearly, you're a daddy, but like, what's going on here? Right? Yeah, exactly. Because it, it doesn't quite fit the mold of like what is expected. Right. Mm-hmm. On a larger scale, I think what this looks like, um, in and I don't know that this is like exactly answering the question, so we can uh, edit it out if it doesn't fit. But just thinking about um, other non-binary folks or anyone who really doesn't fit into those molds, it can make our community a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit odd right mm-hmm. um and so because abdl and cgl are hyper gendered right it's blue or it's pink there's not a lot of yellow or green in between 
in options. I mean, there's a little bit starting to come in now, but overall it's still very hyper-gendered. Right, and I know that that's a subject you've covered on previous episodes, so we don't have to quite dig into that. On um, your previous episode. Yes, on mine, and then also in another um, where you were talking about like uh, non-binary and like colors uh, mm-hmm. schemes. Oh, yeah, right? I talked about that with Lars. With Lars, yeah. yeah. So like, um, please uh, revisit those episodes if you would like additional dialogue oh on my that God, uh, you... subject. Episode 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, even thinking about like switches, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are many people who play both roles, right? Like they mm-hmm. are caregivers and they are littles, right? And so even in that way, that can sometimes be unexpected, right? Because and, in it's some like... instances unacceptable in some people's eyes. Right. Because it's just like, oh, if you're a little, you're less of a caregiver. And if you're a caregiver, you are less of a little. Right. It, it it can be looked at as though it like kind of detracts from um your ability to serve or maintain those roles or be served in mm-hmm. those roles. And so you know, that's right. another piece that I think is really unfortunate at times. Right. And I wanna go back to how we were talking about our presentations because I'm very much like a tomboy. Because my family is matriarchal. My sister was a tomboy and my mother was a tomboy before me. So there's a lot of just like very like powerful, like feminine energy in my family. And we're just like, fuck skirts, fuck dresses. We're powerful women who wear pantsuits. Like there's a lot of that going on. uh, Hillary Clinton swag. Hillary Clinton swag hashtag. Um, But... I mean, obviously, we look really, really pretty in our dresses because we're just like, we want to be pretty. But the rest of the time, it's just like jeans, punk rock attire, because, you know, that's just how we roll. And, you know, that's caused some discord, especially in like some people's eyes, because obviously I'm trans and you're trans. And people have been like, oh, you're not dressing feminine, so you're not truly trans. And it's just like, I don't need to wear skirts every day to be affirmed in my gender identity. And also I'm three times the woman you will ever be snap. I can't snap right now. Cause I have both hands occupied, <laughs> but, and then, so I'm very much a tomboy and you're very much like a very pretty boy. Like you are. And I mean that as mm-hmm. I know that could be an insult, but I mean that as a term of endearment also because it makes you blush oh, stop. because this boy looks so good in like fishnets like the fishnet shirts that like industrial bands wore in the nineties and like booty shorts, like super dramatic eyeliner and eyeshadow and makeup. And when you put uh, the makeup in your beard, God damn, it's so hot. <laughs> and then your nails are always painted. It's rare. I see your nails unpainted, but you're also very much a man. Like you had, um, you had your top surgery. You have, the bits downstairs wink (laughs) you are very much like a man and like that can cause some discord for you when we're not in um like our bdsm club or 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 if we're in the goth club that we frequent Mm -hmm. and in that instance you know it's pretty much free game because everyone there is kinky and everyone there is alternative so everyone is just wearing various shades of black and gender isn't really a thing there but, you know, that's – I feel like we've really beat this question to death. Did you have any closing thoughts on that one? Well, no. And, and you know, I would I would argue that maybe we um, – you know, we're talking about a multitude of different intersections to the question. So mm-hmm. I think um, 
that we've answered it, but I would I would hesitate to say that we beat it to death. I think that we've just addressed a lot of really important elements that make up the answer to the question. Yes. So, but we can move on to question number three. Sure. This Let's is do a that. this is the jazzy exclusive question. I can't help you with this. <laughs> <laughs> so, question three, uh, dear Jazzy, give me a tutorial on how to be as cute as you. And this is from Sarah Hart, who uses she/her or they/them pronouns. How to be as cute as me. Hmm. Well, the answer I usually give kind of snarkily is like, <laughs> LOL, estrogen. But my real answer is um, just like, I, I'm, I'm trying to like decode if this is like physical cuteness or like my behavioral cuteness or anything you're really fucking cute oh my fucking god what makes me cute how about that give me something to work with what doesn't make you cute <laughs> this, is a, you, this is a heavy question you might have to designate a whole episode to uh yeah i'm going to start uh an audiobook series on how to be as cute as me um and in the first three volumes of that we're going to it's going to be me self-discovering because my self-confidence is not very high Fun fact, so at starting at volume four of the audiobooks, <laughs> we're going to get into the, the nitty-gritty, as it were. <laughs> but honestly, I'm just very, very, like, coy and playful without being bratty because I love being a good girl. And that is my secret to being cute, is strive to be the perfect good girl and never break the rules that are set. Because Those are really good advice. I try. Every caregiver in the world is like, thank you. Right <laughs> it's true. Let's do number four. Sure. Question four. Dear Jazzy, what do you look for when asking for guests? And this is also, well, this is from Princess Sarah. Different Sarah. Different Sarah, who uses she, her pronouns. What I look for in a guest is primarily like, do I know you, first of all? And, like, if I don't know you, do we, like, do our personalities mesh? And then, second of all, I look for experience for whatever the topic of the episode is going to be. So we're going to have a pet play episode coming up. And the person we're bringing on for the show is a professional sex worker, is a cam girl. And that's the word that they've used to describe themselves. I'm not throwing around what could potentially be a slur in certain uh, conversations. But... Uh, they have a lot of experience with that. So I'm like, you are probably the best person to talk about this topic. Please come on the show. And then Z is also going to be on the show because while he is not a puppy, he says he self-describes as a mutt. He's like, I'm not fucking cute. I'm not puppy. I'm a goddamn mutt. Rark. <laughs> it was really funny and very on brand. Uh, Z says, hi, I decided it might be best to give him the day off since it is 420. And everything, so I'm like, blaze him if you got him. Blaze him if you got him. <laughs> That's not a slam. I'm actually saying happy 420 to everyone who participates. Uh, so that's what I look for in guests. Shall we do the next one? Yes. So question five reads, dear Jazzy, what's a kink slash fetish you've heard of, but literally never encountered anyone having, or never even known a friend of a friend of a friend, etc., having? Biggest sincere's to you. 
Lehman. <laughs> I, was, I was looking forward to seeing how you would pronounce And this is from Miss Lemon, who uses she, her pronouns. Well, Miss Lehman. <laughs> Lehman. Oh, man. I have, I have like, a branch of my family named the Lehmans, so that's, like, extra funny to me. I'm going to, like, clip this part and send it to, like, one of the clips I send to my mom. Be like, hey, we talked about the Lehmans on the show. <laughs> so, one kink or fetish I've heard of, but have never, ever, ever met anyone that was into. This is going to be wild. I've never actually met someone with a legitimate foot fetish before. Never. Seriously? I'm dead serious. Wow. In all my travels and experiences, I've never met someone who is actually dead ass into feet or shoes. Or anything. Huh. I mean, I've seen people on the internet, but I don't think that like, counts, yeah, you know? I feel like that doesn't count. It doesn't count. Never seen anyone legitimately deadass in defeat. Okay, that's fair. The one that I mentioned earlier, uh, <laughs> we, we were looking at the questions. <laughs> so I was like, you know, for as German as we are, <laughs> I have never met or encountered someone who has a shiza. <laughs> that's that's shit for those of you who don't know for those keeping score at home right <laughs> i've never met anyone with a shy as a fetish um, which is surprising to me which is surprising and uh specifically you don't mean messing you mean actual i mean like, shy scat yeah scat like just you know like you're like, not you've never met anyone into cleveland steamers i'm not even gonna <laughs> you're not even going to dignify that no i'm not okay <laughs> Uh, look up Cleveland Steamer. I'm not describing it on the show, but it, it was it originated from where we live, in the 216. Uh, let's not talk about that question ever again. Number six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question six uh, reads: Dear Jazzy, when you have guests, how is it decided who is the big and who is the little spoon when snuggling? This is from Lizzie, who uses they/them pronouns. Deadass easy. I'm always a little spoon. Next question. Always the little spoon. <laughs> always the little spoon. Do you want to speak to this one? I mean, you're always the little spoon. <laughs> I'm always the little spoon. Next question. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's a given. So, um, I, this, this puts me in memory. Um, if you'll indulge me for a moment. By all means. As a child, my mother had these very small spoons. They were like little tiny, like teaspoon spoons, but like smaller than a teaspoon. Like they didn't look like real spoons, but that's what they were for. Were for your sugar, for your coffee. Mm-hmm. Tiny spoons, like maybe the size of uh, like your pinky, mm-hmm. like the tip. Like for a tiny little drop of sugar. Yeah, you are that spoon. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are that tiny spoon. My God. Anyway, on to question number seven. I'm so wriggling, you butthole. <laughs> <laughs> you can wriggle in the background. Uh, My mic is just going to sound like (laughs) (laughs) it's going to sound so bad. (laughs) Well, you know, Um, dear Jazzy, as a person who medically needs, you know how I feel about this word. Pamps. There, I said it for you. Okay, let me start over. Dear Jazzy, I did say bab earlier. You did say bab earlier. You know how I feel about that word, too. What terms do you prefer? Dear Daddy Gray, what terms do you prefer for diapers that are slang terms? I know this is controversial, but you know how I feel about nappy. I love nappy. And nappy is, is one that I enjoy. Nappy I don't like, is such a good word. I do not like dip 
or dipe. Dip and dipe. I'm not about that. Not a fan. Uh, Pamps is okay. It's not my favorite. It's okay at best. Like, I accept it because it's short for Pampers and it can be cute in certain instances. Yes. Yes, it can. Yeah. But we're all about nappy. Nappy. That's like our favorite. Or just dead ass say diaper. Just say, or diapy. Or diapy. But like when I'm like talking to you and I say diaper, like clearly, like that has an impact almost like the same way as when I say like pacifier. <laughs> right. Cause it's like you're using the full word as an adult. Mm. Right. And it really like kind of separates you from the small I mean, in a lot of ways take a drink after that um but you know i think diapy when you're baby talking is very cute very cute so but i'll, I'll go back this is the tangent i'll go back uh dear jazzy as a person who medically needs pamps do you struggle some days to enjoy it or just get frustrated from the weird situation or is ABDL a sort of comfort amidst all of the blah of needing them that helps you feel cute and have fun? And this is from Cloud Puddles. Again. Again. Thank you for that question. We don't mean, oh boy, Cloud Puddles again. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. Um, so thankfully, I don't like hardcore need. It's just, you know, I've had bedwetting issues my entire life. Um, so it's very, 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 very useful. And I've had not too many, like, awake accidents. Don't give me that look. Daddy. Stop. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, babbler. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> oh, my God. So it definitely does give and gave me and continues to give me a sense of like cuteness and a little bit of dignity in the face of like, I have a bedwetting issue. That's a, a medical issue. It, it helps recontextualize it into something that is like cute and other people find cute and throw tons of likes that on the internet. So that definitely helps with the validation part of it. Um, in a perfect world, it would be nice to not be a bedwetter. It'd certainly mean I wouldn't have to, like, <laughs> take dips with me to a hotel. <laughs> oh, my, that face. Oh, that face. Thank you for having me on the show. I think I'm going to take my leave at this juncture. All right, you're going to go out for some milk and cigs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that's that's my take on it. Like, it's definitely, like, a comfort. And it's also really, really good for my... Uh, for my anxiety and depression and everything, it helps like me let go of things, especially you know your bladder. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! You. It's not the only thing it lets me let go of, but you know, um, stop looking at me like that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Help me! I'm being bullied. I'm calling Will's Protective Services. <laughs> They're listening right now. But yeah, that is, you know, it is a weird situation and, and it is, you know, has, you know, historically been very frustrating, but it definitely helps me like have some sort of reins on it in a way and like take control of it in a way, even though I'm not technically in control. It, it's something. And that's really like emotionally helpful. 
and also the plastic sheets on my bed in my apartment are very helpful as well. Yeah, especially after your uh, accident. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> However, my bed. <laughs> your bed does not have plastic sheets yet. Oh, it's not going to either. <laughs> my- no grandma's house. We ain't doing that here. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Rude you- as hell. Okay, okay but um, and then let me just clarify. So um, my relatives, all of my old on my father's side. All your GGs. All the all the GGs black folk, and abuelas. All the black folk on my father's side. I have all their furniture covered in plastic. That's a thing. Did you know this? No. That's a thing. Like people are like, oh, I can't get my couch messy. Like not like messy, messy, but like you know, got oh. stuff on it. Oh, so like they okay. have plastic covers on everything. You know, grow- growing up as a rich white girl. I have seen this a lot and a lot of like the more particularly more affluent people that I would go over to their houses. Like the ones that had a marble statue and the goddamn foyer literally had like everything covered in plastic. And I was just like, even the carpet, it was like a show home. And I remember I asked like, are you guys like doing like a show home thing? Are you showing up? And they're like, no, we're living here, you know, for the foreseeable future. We like in this town. And I turned to my friend and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And he was just like, I don't know. I can't wait for college. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to just like throw nacho cheese all over the place in my dorm and be messy. Right. But it's like, have you ever like, have you ever sat on on them shit? Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Can you imagine sleeping on them shits? Oh, you would have to peel yourself off of that. No, not about it. Not about it. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> that's the uh are you done with question seven is that the yeah yeah <laughs> so what's the next one all right so question number eight reads dear jazzy do you have any advice for someone who is very uncomfortable in their own body specifically a trans mtf who isn't able to transition right now due to living with family and any ways to keep mentally positive this is from sarah Hart. she her they them this one I can definitely speak a lot to, being being a trans girl myself, um, who had a literal truckload of dysphoria up until because I you know I consider my transition more or less complete at this point. Like everything I want to have done is pretty much done. That isn't like prohibitively expensive, like like facial feminization surgery, and then I don't want to do vocal surgery because i like my singing voice and everything and that and you know so basically more or less my transition is done and and i have not gotten bottom surgery as many of you know and many of the people who have seen the center tier patron nudes have seen wink (laughs) um but it is, it's really, really rough for any trans person. But I'm speaking specifically to an MTF perspective and experience right now. Um, specifically, like, I remember before I had my laser hair removal, uh, my beard was very dark and very full and very coarse and very thick. So it was just, like, I would shave and there would still be gray skin behind and no matter how close I got the shave, I would still permanently have like a gray muzzle of 
not the furry term gray muzzle, but my like entire face and muzzle would be just be gray skin because of all like the hair and the follicles underneath. And I was just absolutely sick of that. And what I did was um, before I went on HRT, I had my face sapped and to get just everything gone. And after that was done, that's when I started HRT or like they overlapped a little bit, I think. But um, the saving grace on that was um, I was able to finance it for like a hundred bucks a month, which is still a lot of money, um, especially in these times. But also <clears throat> it, it was really nice not to have to pay for the entire treatment up front. And it also helped me build up my credit score when I was really, really young. So you can like kind of double whammy that if um, if your local laser spa or if you go to like a larger one, they should have financing, quote, quote. Just make sure you don't get hit with the interest because APR sucks and they will usually sign you up for a really garbage plan um, unless you like pay it down and do all that stuff. But that's, you know, that's a good way to get started. <clears throat> and when it comes to um, medically transitioning, it's, you know, like you said, it's very difficult living with your parents. And thankfully, we're living in an age of informed consent. So as soon as you uh, get the fuck out of Dodge, you can go to your nearest clinic, informed consent, and probably walk out with pills that day, if not your next appointment. And Cleveland is, in specific, is, has been really, really, really good about that because of our various hospital systems. That are And they're all, like, very trans-affirming. So Daddy and I have had very good luck with that. It's not the same story in every state and every city, but if your um, local hospital system has informed consent and you're able to get there, by all means, like, do it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest, the biggest win in transitioning that beyond meds, beyond surgeries, beyond treatments the biggest win a trans person can get is moving out of a not great household because the freedom it offers you to seek treatment is so huge. And that can look like moving in with a friends, finding a nice commune, getting your own place. You're smirking at me when I said commune, my phone just ranked. There are things happening, <laughs> but um, that is on honestly the biggest first step. And what I could like recommend in the situation is finding a way and in, in like developing steps and working the plan to removing yourself from an unsupportive household, because, you know, that will help you jumpstart all the rest of the things. But in the meantime, um, I cannot stress the importance. And this is something that I used a lot before I had anything done and before I even identified as trans this is when i identified as non-binary um if you take a towel like a hand towel and you run it underneath like really as hot as your sink can go and just get that really like saturated and then wring it out so it's really hot and warm if you apply that to your face and just leave it there and apply some light pressure really like like go in that's going to open up your pores and give you a super duper close shave and you will feel super duper smooth and it will feel so good and look really good and cannot recommend that enough. Uh, second tip 
if you go to Sephora or MAC Cosmetics, both of those are extremely trans-affirming. And they will get you completely kitted out. And if you shave all the way, they can get you foundation to go over those potential gray skin patches. Blend that in, put some powder on it, do your eyes, done. And you've got hashtag the look. Um, if Third tip, if you're with your partner and you have bottom dysphoria, if you have a partner, that is, have your partner refer to them as your pussy, as your vagina, as your princess parts. That's what we do in our relationship. And it has quite literally cured my bottom dysphoria. And being able to opt out of a $15,000 surgery is wonderful. Uh, and also being able to like keep parts that you know I am now able to enjoy again has been really, really cool. Because you do not need any treatments or any surgeries or anything this is the fourth tip you don't need to do anything to be valid as a trans person mm -hmm. you are valid as the gender you are because you've declared it and that is the only step to being valid uh in my humble opinion uh jaddy would you like to speak on the trans man slash non-binary angle of this um well i mean I would echo a lot of what you've articulated. There are, for trans men, there are makeup tips that you can do too. If you haven't started HRT yet or you're really early on and you want to uh, masculinize your face, um, mm -hmm. there are, and there's plenty of tutorials out there um, on YouTube and Pinterest and probably Instagram um, where you can use contour and like mascara and like tastefully like contour your face so that it gives it a more masculine appearance mm -hmm. um there's a lot that you can do with your eyebrows even that just like really helps to do that mm -hmm. um you know but i think the most important thing um to keep in mind and as someone who you know had really crushing like top dysphoria um it was still really helpful for me to keep in mind is that regardless of where you are in your journey like whether you can afford hrt or you even want to have hrt um or because you, testosterone is really fucking expensive it can be by comparison to estradiol yeah no it's absolutely more expensive um my prescription i use a topical um and it was like 160 dollars, which was like accessible for me at that time um mm -hmm. because of the kind of money i was making um but but not a lot of trans people make that level of money right Right, exactly. And so, like, noting that, like, you don't need any of those things to be valid in your gender and in your expression. And if you do not want those things, you should not feel like you need to have them in order to be valid, even um, from within our community. Because I know that sometimes, um, you know, there are other trans folks who feel like if you don't do this, then you're not really trans. And that's just nonsense so i would yeah, just you don't know, be true scum right like just you know try to find some way to affirm your your mental yourself mentally um and focus on your mental health and also do all of those other things that you feel like you want or need to do to feel at home in your body can you take a moment and talk about safe binding practices oh yeah you know the things that i didn't do <laughs> yeah the thing that fucked up your back and clavicle yeah that, those are the things <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh if you bind um please make sure that you get a binder that is fitted appropriately um that wasn't my issue my binders all fit appropriately but um you know make sure you measure yourself 
have someone help you with that and buy the right size. Not all binders are created equal. There are some out there that are better than others. G2. Um, JC2B. Yeah, GC2B. Thank you. And mm-hmm. then um, uh, Underworks. Those are like yes. the two kind of best ones out there. Um, also, Rebirth Garments on Etsy is where I got my bottom binders and my sports bra top. Right. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they have stuff for trans men or not. Oh, um, they do. Okay. They are primarily aimed at trans men, but they do have a lot of stuff for trans women too. Okay, cool. Yeah, and there, you know, there may be some independent stuff. I would try to make sure you look at the reviews for that. Um, what we know about binding is that there can be some pretty serious effects if you don't bind, take uh, proper precautions in binding. Um, you can. My my brother broke a rib. <laughs> binding yeah, he, he, he dead ass broke a rib um myself i was binding for between 12 and you know 16 hours a day which is not good you should not bind for longer than eight hours but given um, the the type of work you were in you really couldn't right yeah with the work that i was doing i couldn't um to just like take it off um yeah. that wasn't an option uh for me and so um now i have this lovely thing that happens where the my like vertebrae my back get really stiff and they pop um and then my my clavicle for a long time was popping mm-hmm. um that is since kind of been alleviated to some degree because of surgery but um noting that i also like did that level of binding for like 2 years mm-hmm. um before having surgery so it's also <gasps> like length but even so, like, do your best to practice safe binding. Um, and in the summer, especially, you want to be thoughtful about heat um, yes. and noting that, like, binders retain heat. And if you're you know, you hot, can get sweaty down there. You, you can get sweaty. And you can also, like, because you have a hard time breathing, you, it makes you more likely to pass out. Yes. So be thoughtful about those things and be safe. Mm-hmm. You said some things um, before binder talk that I want to circle back on and give perspective to the, to the trans girl angle. Um, or at least the AMAB angle. Um, I cannot stress the importance of finding a pair of glasses that frames your face well. Um, before my current frames, I had very, very chunky Ray-Bans that had like pyramid studs on the sides. They were like super punk rock and super cool, but they were not doing my face any favors because they were very boxy. And now I have a very, very curvy set of women's frames that frame my face a lot better. Uh, Glasses, if you wear glasses, they are like the picture frame of the face in a lot of ways. And they do so much to help with with expression and presenting. Uh, The other thing you mentioned, um, eyebrows. Pardon me. The other thing is you mentioned eyebrows. And that is another huge, huge, huge thing. Um, I meticulously um, cut and buzz and uh, I meticulously uh, like preen my eyebrows to make sure they're like super thin and there's a lot of space between them in the middle. Thin, like thinning out your eyebrows can really, really help as well. But by far the biggest thing I can recommend is please, 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 please shampoo and condition and brush your hair. Um, not only will that help it stay healthier and in turn help it grow, but also like having like 
super duper like frizzy like hay straw is not is not good if like no matter what gender you are so being sure to take care of you know all hygiene not just hair but all hygiene and that goes for everyone but also glasses and eyebrows and then everything the two of us mentioned before are a lot of really good like strong starts that you can start right now without um any sort of treatment or a lot of money Mm -hmm. yeah and i would just add like as you are able because obviously access is a potential challenge for some folks and Mm -hmm. especially now uh, especially now so in short you know be safe do what you can um and focus on your mental health um Mm -hmm. and that self-talk can be really helpful yes that was a good one. Yeah. I'm really, really happy with how, how deep we went into that. Yeah. Uh, let's do number eight. Oh, no. We're on number nine now. We're on number nine? Yep. We are on number nine. We are on number nine. So number nine reads, Dear Jasmine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> You're absurd. And I love you. I love you, too. Mwah. It reads, Dear Jazzy. Is there any part of you or your kink life that you are still unsure about or that you are a little embarrassed about still? And this is Princess Sarah, she, her. Uh, for myself, thankfully, I'm in a point in my life where I feel very confident about myself as a person. And, like, I feel very solid about my expression and my presentation and who I am and what I do and the communities that I'm a part of and who I'm dating and all that stuff. Like I have like all those ducks in a row and I'm very sure about all of that. Um, In terms of my kink life, I'm also very, I'm also very sure of pretty much everything. And I take a lot of pride in everything I do in my life and in my kink life. Um, I feel like the one thing that's the exception is um daddy has been helping me experiment so to speak daddy's been helping me experiment so to speak with um help (laughs) uh what help i don't want to say it this is like exactly like in tune with the question is me being embarrassed to say it messing thank you you're welcome Daddy's been helping me experiment with that. I've only done it, like, I can count on one hand the number of times I've, like, done it in my life. Maybe two hands. But still, it's, like, very new and, like, in a way, very scary to me. Uh, And it's, like, like, very, 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 very personal and very, very private. And it's just, like, well, it happened. Immediately take me out of this, please. And, like, please clean me up post-haste. So, so it's something that he's helping me dabble in and something that you've really, really, really been encouraging me to try for like the past months. Like, well, I mean, and I would say like you expressed an interest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I want to support you in being able to experiment and explore yourself and your interests. Um, because I love you, and that's I part of my too. role as mm-hmm. your caregiver Ooh. and your daddy. Um, Why am your... I getting wriggly? Because <laughs> you're cute. Oh, my God. Um, and so that that was really my motivation was to say, hey, you know, I maybe am not, like, 
not my yum, but I'm not going to yuck it. Right. Like, I'm not, you know, sure that it's, like, a kink for me, but I... But your kink is also making sure that I'm happy. Yes, and, like, taking care of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, this is a way to do that um, that allows you to experiment and explore that side of yourself Mm -hmm. um, and also feel, like, super tiny and needy and innocent. Yeah. So... And that's why I really like it is, and also what I'm about to say is the reason why you really like it is because it creates this like instant, like actual dependency, like this actual need, like this is a situation that I literally cannot handle myself. Uh, and I like literally need help with to handle and to clean up from. And that's like, to you, you really like situations in which, like I'm very small and innocent and very like consensually dependent because obviously not like codependent, but like consensually dependent and like I need something and you provide that something. And that's the same reason why I really like it because it's just like this situation is currently out of my hands and there's nothing I can do about it. I need help. And that's like a very, like I very much like the feeling of being helpless whether I be super small and I can't reach the juice or I can't fill up my sippy on my own or whether I am in like extreme bondage and I literally cannot move or do anything myself. That's like one of like my favorite things. So, but you know, as much as we've been enjoying it, I'm still very like embarrassed and private and shy about all that because, you know, it had, you know, it's a gross connotation, but uh, you're doing a really good job at making it cute and helping me feel valid. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So those are all the questions. Did you have any closing thoughts? <gasps> Pardon me. Fuck. Well, I think Excuse it's me. past baby girl's bedtime. No, it's not. What was that, young lady? Uh, nothing, daddy. It, you said it's past my it bedtime. It is past your bedtime. Yes, daddy. So, because it is past your bedtime, I don't have any closing thoughts other than thank you for having me on the show again. <laughs> it's and always a pleasure to have you on the show. <laughs> and hopefully your uh, listeners enjoy my, <laughs> what was the what was the language you used earlier? Oh, what was it? <laughs> it wasn't sultry. Oh, you're uh, like... Sanguine? <laughs> I think I said sanguine. <laughs> your, your suave velveteen voice. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> your sanguine voice. This is a That's vampire hot. voice. <laughs> Did you know that Ruka is also into vampires? I mean, who isn't into vampires? Who isn't into vampires? Hot. 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 So there's this story I want to write. This is my closing thought. I, I like <laughs> writing on the side. And there's this story I really want to write how, like, a new vampire that's, like, 18 or 19, just, like, a young whippersnapper, is um, is given the dark kiss and becomes a vampire and doesn't know how to do anything involving, like, vampire stuff. So he seeks out a Methuselah who is, like, an elder vampire that's lived for, like, hundreds, potentially thousands of years, like, goes to, like, this vampire's, like, residents like their castle and it's like please help me i I need help i'm so hungry and like this like daddy vampire feeds him like a blood bottle in a way and i just thought like how fucking cute would that be and also extremely on brand for me because you know i'm all about that like goth edgy shit so just like the idea of like blood bottle is really fucking cute to me that's my closing thought (laughs) 
adorable. Adorable. That has been episode 15. Thank you for joining us on Dear Jazzy. Uh, you can visit our website at oddswithgod.com. That has a link to our eventual Twitch stream. That has a link to the podcast. That has um, a link to everything that is important to us, including Z's Twitter, my Twitter, his links, my links. Um, if you want to join our Discord, uh, do not hesitate to send me a DM on any platform that you can get a hold of me, just like tweet at me or DM me or tag me on Instagram and I can get you in our Discord and part of our really fun little community. Please check out the Patreon. Please check out the Patreon. Please check out the Patreon if you want some monthly nudes from me and maybe some other quote unquote freebies that I feel like taking throughout the month if that so happens, but at least guaranteed one set of nudes per month. And I do have to say, April's are pretty dope because I was milking in them. And that's just like top tier, top tier shit right there. Thank you for joining us on the show. We will see you next time. You have to say goodbye. <laughs> <Sorry>. Bye. Bye. <laughs>